Welcome to the Discover You podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Hooper. I'm a spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. I help people find who they were created to be and guide them to the most fulfilling life they can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what motivates and energizes you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths and become the best version of ourselves possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, I would appreciate it if you would go onto your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. talk about motivational gifts. That's basically what this podcast is based on. I've got a a teaching that I do called Discover You. I've got a book that I'm working on that's about to be released called Discover You, and it's based on motivational gifts and how the motivational gifts are structured in each one of our lives. I've got a question for you. What do you think about yourself? I mean, what you think about yourself eventually will be how you'll be perceived by other people. How you think about yourself, what you think about yourself, your self-image, that is projected and other people will start adopting that, that viewpoint. Now, you may be able to cover it, you know, with overcompensating with other things in your life, but eventually... How you see yourself is how people will perceive you. You can't project an image that you can't imagine. The way you think is how you are. For instance, if you think you're worthless, if you think you have no value to anyone or to society, then others will begin to perceive you as that, as worthless, as having no value. Simply by the way you act, the way you talk, um, the way you carry yourself even. If you think you're of no value to anyone on this earth or to society, you're going to carry yourself in a manner that's going to cause people to think that of you. If you think you're a, you know, a blight on society or something like that, something extreme like that, then other people will start considering you that. On the other hand... If you get an inflated opinion of yourself and you begin to deceive yourself, you'll begin to repel others. So if you think too highly of yourself, others are going to see that and they're going to be repelled from you. No one wants to be around someone that is just overly confident um, to the point of being obnoxious, to being someone that's a know-it-all, someone that they, they're they the smartest person in the room all the ways. They've always got to tell you what they know. No matter what you know, what experience you've had, they've done it. They've done it better. I mean, there's those people that think um, that their gift to the society is to outdo others in um, every area, everything that they can do. Oh, I've done that. I've done it better. Or... 
you know, I had, you know, so you've got some, some, you know, a disease or affliction or something like that. Oh, I had that and I had it worse, that sort of thing. So no one really wants to be around someone like that. So we can't project an image of ourselves. We can't have a self-image that is, is demeaning to ourselves because then people will, will have no influence in, in our life. No one will listen to us. Uh, John Maxwell says that leadership is influence. And so we all want to have a leadership role. Not that you want to be in charge of a bunch of people, but there are people that are looking at you, looking to you. And if they see someone they want to emulate, then you're a leader. And so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a few people in my life like that. A few people that uh, see the way I approach scripture, the way I approach life, and they want to emulate that. And so I'm, I'm a leader. I'm no great leader, but I just know that I have greatness in me. So when we have the correct view of who we are, we'll project, we will begin to project that into society. Once you are confident with who you are, see, we talked about being overconfident, but once you are confident with who you are, that confidence is then mirrored by everyone else. I say that, but there's a caveat to that because some people, the people that don't feel confident in themselves, the people that don't have a positive self-image, that don't believe they have worth in society, they may not enjoy someone being around this confident. In fact, they may be repelled by them because it makes them feel inadequate. When you're confident in who you are, you have to guard against that. You have to guard against being overconfident and being arrogant. But confidence is a valuable asset. And once we know who we are, why we're here, then we can be confident in ourselves. And we can approach life with the confidence that we didn't have before. So our identity, I've come to this conclusion that identity is the main issue in our world today. It's been an issue for millennia, but the most powerful weapon you can have in your personal arsenal is for you to know who you are and what your purpose is. So we have to come to an understanding of who we are, gain our identity. This, of course, as you know, is a it's a Christian podcast, and so and I'm a minister, so I'm going to bring this the faith aspect into this, and I'll be approaching it, you know, pretty heavily. But until we understand who we are, and whose we are, that we have been created. And we were created for a purpose. Uh, I'm not here to argue the creation evolution thing. I'm not, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you in my belief system, in my viewpoint, in my experience, I was created for a purpose. And I was placed on earth at the specific time I was placed on earth for a specific reason. And once I came to a realization, and this has been a long time coming, I'm, as we speak, I'm 55 years old, 
and it's just been within the last um, five to ten years that I've actually started really discovering myself. Actually, in my when I turned forty was when I started learning more about myself, but and taking the motivational gifts assessment that I took back in 1993 and listening to a teaching on motivational gifts, it opened my eyes to who I who I am, why I think the way I think, because of the fact that as growing up, I felt uh, like I didn't belong in my family. Not, not that I didn't feel loved, not that I didn't feel accepted, not that I was didn't feel a part of the family, but I, I was different. I, I was odd, odd, because my father approached life one way. My brother was similar to him, uh, more similar to him than I was. Uh, my mother approached things differently than I did. My sister was closer to me, but still didn't approach life the way that I did, the way I saw things. So at points, I felt like I was a, a fish out of water. And, you know, that's kind of hard, especially when you go through your teenage years. And I remember trying to fit in everywhere, trying to find who I was by trying to be like everyone else. See, that's the that's the big problem that most of us as we grow up, and, and I hope someone younger will hear this and will get hold of some of my material or something to learn at a young age that you're never going to find your identity by comparing yourself to others. Now, I'll get to how I found a tribe, but I'll get to that later. But trying to be like others, let me change that. You'll never find your identity by trying to be like others. And that's what I did for years. I tried that. Um, I tried to fit in in every area, especially the popular circles and, and the people that were the most admired growing up in high school. You know, that's the popular kids, the athletes, the things like that. I wanted to date the cheerleaders. I wanted to, that sort of thing. I wanted to be accepted by them. So I went out for athletics and I'm not an athletic. I'm not athletic at all. I'm not built for athletics. Um, I'm built for intellect, not athletics. <laughs> that's just a joke. <clears throat> but I tried to be, I grew up in a rural community. Uh, there's 701 in this town that I grew up in. And so it was a very agricultural community. And so I was part of an organization called Future Farmers of America. I was never gonna have a farm. I was never gonna have a ranch, but I was part of it because that's where the, the people I admired were part of that. And so I got fully involved in that, got involved in raising animals. And I was part of the, uh, you know, the teams that we had, we had, this sounds really boring, but it was actually pretty exciting then. It's called parliament, Parliamentary Procedure Teams. And we had Parliamentary Procedure uh, Contests. And I was Vice President of the team. So, you know, I, I had some recognition, some place, yet I never found exactly who I was. I was struggling one day with that and as I did so many times. And my mom and I were very close. We're, I guess, we have a kind of almost a brother-sister relationship. Um, but one time I came home and I was just distraught. I was upset and I was, you know, being the melancholy temperament that I am, I was, I was down, 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 way down. 
and I, I just said, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't fit anywhere. And she said, just be yourself, just be you. And I said, but I don't know who that is. I had no point of reference. I had no one that was like me anywhere that I was in my whole circle. My dad was a pastor going to, I was going to church. Nobody in my church, nobody in my school, nobody was like me. Now, granted, a lot of people were putting on airs. A lot of people were wearing masks. And so that kind of hid their true identity. But I was, I was a blunt child. I was just, I was a daydreamer. Um, I was just one of those people that, I mean, it was just sad that we had uh, windows in the classrooms because I would be sitting in class and the teacher would be lecturing and I'd be looking out the window and I would come to myself having been gone mentally for 30 minutes, daydreaming about something, inventing something, coming up with some idea. And all of a sudden I'd come to myself and I said, oh no, I probably need to know what they just said. And I don't have any idea what they said. So I struggled. I struggled in school. Even to this day, my wife, I have to tell my wife, I had to come to the realization, okay, I need to let her know that I left the room for a while. So we'll be having a conversation and I'll say, baby, I'm, I'm sorry. I left for a while. Can you repeat what you just said so I don't miss it? And it took her a while to understand that because she doesn't do that. But, you know, I, I really, I honestly believe I was ADD uh, growing up. I'm not speaking that on myself. I'm just saying I, the harder I tried to pay attention, the less attention I could pay. Oh, the whole phrase of you just apply yourself, just apply yourself. Oh my God, I hated that phrase. Because the harder I tried to apply myself, the more distracted I got. Anyway, that being said, 1993, we're going to a church and the pastor does a teaching on motivational gifts. And we take an assessment and then he starts teaching on the gifts. And all of a sudden I realize why I am the way I am. I answered the, in fact, I felt like, I felt bad answering the questions honestly on the assessment. But I thought, I've got to be honest. I've got, this is the way I think, you know? And so I realized that I have three dominant gifts, three dominant gifts. And let me get to the gifts. Let me just tell you what the gifts are. Now, these are they're going to be listed in Romans chapter 12, but these are the um, marketable names for them. So we don't get into a lot of heavy scriptural language and that sort of stuff. So they are perceiving, which in the Bible is called prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, Bible is called edification, giving, leading, and mercy. The one that I call leading is actually in the Bible called ruling. Rule, R-U-L-E, ruling. And so when I took that assessment, I found out that my top three gifts, my top one was the perceiving or prophecy. In other words, I see things black and white. There is no gray area. I'm very justice oriented. I'm always for the underdog. Just these type of things that are associated with that, it's a very hard gift. It's a gift that can be uh, harsh and abrupt because you're either wrong or right. 
There's no in-between. And we always have an opinion about something. Because we perceive things. We have a way of knowing things. Now, this doesn't mean for you, you that are followers of Jesus or read the scripture, when it calls it prophecy, it doesn't mean that you are a prophet. It doesn't mean that you operate in the gift of prophecy. It just means that that's a, the name of the gifting. I just happen to also have the gift of a prophet and, and I speak uh, prophecies and words of knowledge, words of wisdom, those kind of things. But that's a side issue. But it's a lot of that. Then I realized number two was ruling or leading. So I see things black and white and I'm, I'm going to be in charge. See, I had this tendency, I still have this tendency, not I had, I still have this tendency that whenever I go into a situation, like for instance, I, I, I use this in the book and in my teaching, I went to a birthday party and the uh, it was for a guy that was turning 40 and his wife was putting the party on and so we went and I'm, I'm just an attender at the party, just attending the party. I wasn't in charge of, I live too far away to be in charge of the party, so, but we get there and the wife who is you know putting the party together she's visiting with people she's off talking to people as they're coming in and there are people coming in the door with gifts in their hands with you know with birthday cards in their hands and they don't know what to do with them and i'm inside i am in turmoil it's because these people don't know what the process is. It's a process thing for me. They don't know what the procedure is. And then also it came time for the meal and she didn't, wasn't provide, going to provide instructions on how to go through the line where everything was and give direction. So I just go to her and I said, do you mind if I help, help there here and let people know where the gift table is and that way you can visit with people? She said, no, no problem. That's what, so that's what I do, is I just go in and I act like I'm in charge. As people are coming in the door, I'm greeting them and I'm saying, okay, hey, the gift table is over here on your left. You wanna place it there, that's great. If you wanna get something to drink, the drink table is over here. We'll be serving food later. And then when it came time for people to go through the line, I chimed in, I said, okay, guys, this is how we do it. We're gonna start on this end. You're gonna get your plates and napkins and stuff here and then go through and go through the line this way. and. I was all happy because there was order. That's someone that has the gift of ruling or leading. Someone that they just, when there's a lack of leadership, they're gonna take charge. Then my third in 1993 was teaching. And at that point, I didn't really do teaching. I was actually a sound man for the church. I was always in the background. Um, I did do seminars you know, teaching people how to run sound and stuff like that, and I loved it. I didn't realize why I liked it, but I enjoyed it. I loved helping people understand, putting the the concepts of audio into simple terms so people could understand it, and, uh, you know, so they wouldn't have to deal with technical jargon because you're dealing mostly with volunteers in churches. So I never understood that. Well, fast forward, so I, I learned these about myself. Well, see, mercy being one of the gifts, that was my number seven. That was the very last one. Wouldn't you know it that my dad, Mercy, was number one on his list and prophecy and ruling were down at the bottom. We were exactly, exact opposites. Now my brother, he had, uh, he was, his mercy was right at the top. It was in his top three. 
So, you know, now I know why they're so, we're so different. And so once I learned this, I had a revelation of who I was and I could, I, I could be comfortable with who I was. Fast forward to um, 2017, and I was pastoring the church at, in Austin called Converged Church. We were in Austin at the time. And I began to teach this again. And I brought this assessment. I take that back. Let me clarify that. Let me change that. I'd actually, we closed the church down and we were having a Bible study at our house. So I gave everyone this assessment and I took it again. And I took the assessment again. And understand, I just spent nearly three years preaching every weekend, being behind the pulpit, teaching and preaching every weekend. So when I took the assessment, I still had the same top three. However, number three in 1993 was teaching. Well, it moved up to number one. So instead of from the 1993 assessment, prophecy, ruling, teaching, I was now teaching prophecy, ruling. So prophecy and ruling moved down, teaching moved to the top. And I found out something about myself. I love teaching. I love teaching. And in a following podcast, I'm going to take a podcast per gift and just talk about each one. But I'm just trying to give you kind of an overview right now. I love teaching. And so I learned who I was. And this is how I started my journey on becoming who I am and pursuing my gifting. And you cannot understand how awesome I feel when I'm teaching. I'm sitting here in a room by myself with a microphone and a laptop and my iPad with my notes and I'm just so pumped. Now I get in front of an audience, get in front of a crowd with people responding to me. Oh, it's on. I mean, I love it. It's just something I love. And it's not just preaching. It's not just church because I volunteer with the Alzheimer's Association, do community education. And so I'm teaching about Alzheimer's. It's not biblical anything. I'm up there, but I'm still imparting information. That's what a teacher does. They love to impart information. I've always been a knowledge junkie. I learn. I love to learn. I love to know things. But see, the thing is, is as soon as I learn some something new, something interesting, the very first thing that comes to my mind is, who can I share this with that would it would benefit them? That is the teacher. So that's why I'm pursuing this. This the way I'm doing this. Why I'm doing a podcast. That's why I'm I got uh, certified with the John Maxwell team so I could do the public speaking. I'm I will do some coaching and and that sort of stuff and I kind of do mentoring already but but mostly it was for the teaching and for the public speaking because I, I so enjoy that. And that's who I am and that's and people tell me all the time I mean, I had one girl tell me, you need to open a Bible school because I've been going to church all my life and there's so many things that I never understood until you explained it in such a simple way that I could actually grasp it. And that's a gift that's been given to me. I've discovered that and I love doing it. So we're going to spend the next seven podcasts after this one and I'm going to cover each topic individually and in depth. And at some point I may bring on people that have different one of these gifts we'll talk about them more now you'll have you'll have all seven of them in your makeup but two or three of them will be your dominant ones and uh 
I'll try to figure out how to put a link somewhere for you can so you can download the assessment. Just download the PDF and take the assessment. Uh, but I'm going to be, like I said, I'm going to be releasing a book, so that'll be out, and it'll have a uh, either have the assessment in the book or have a link to it that you can go to, and it's going to be talking about. Uh, in fact, I'm using the notes from the book for this podcast, and so we again we're not going to try to try to pigeonhole anybody, but I want somebody, I want people to be able to understand who they are because of the fact that when I discovered who I was. I just get so excited doing what I'm called to do and what I'm gifted to do. This is why I'm here. That's why I had such an effect in South Africa because I was there on purpose and I was doing what I was called to do. And so stick with me. We're going to have some awesome times together. Even if it's not one that you are dominant in, you need to learn about these because we need to know about each one So, because we're going to be working with people, be in relationship with people that we need to know about. Once I understood why why my dad was the way he was, I didn't get as frustrated with him anymore because that's who he is. That's how he does. And he, I let him help me grow my mercy gifting more. Now, it won't ever be dominant. Your number seven will never be your dominant. But your top three will switch places probably, depending on your your environment and, and what you're doing for a living and, and that sort of thing. So join me next time. We're going to start. We'll start with perceiving. We're going to start with perceiving next week. Uh, Hang with me. Understand that this is something that is life changing. And I hope you guys uh, really learn from it. And it's the essence of why I created this podcast. I will talk about other things besides motivational gifts, which I did the last podcast. You know, I talked about, well, talked about who God is. If you understand who God is, now I'm trying to talk about about who you are, who who he created you to be. Once you understand who God is, then you can have faith in him. But once you understand who he made you to be, then you can put those two things together. You can have faith in him and you can operate in your gift and your calling and you will be unstoppable. You'll be unstoppable. Everyone is on, on this earth to make a significant difference. Now, the context of that significance is depending upon who you are and where you are and what you want to do. I want to actually affect nations. I want to be someone that actually affects the destiny of nations. That's me. I that's I, I think that way. I think large. I think somebody somebody may think if I can just pour into my kids and just raise them right, teach them right, stuff like that, that's significance for you. It may be leading an organization, you know, Leading an organization and growing people at the same time you're leading this organization. That is doing something. Whatever legacy you want to leave, I want to help you find your true identity. We talked about finding out who God is in the last podcast. Now I want to talk about and help you learn who you are so that you can fulfill that calling and that destiny God's placed in life. I appreciate you guys for listening and for hanging with us. Be sure, please, please do us a favor and Share this on social media, whatever social media, whatever platform you listen to. Share it in your social media. Go on to uh, iTunes or Apple Podcast, Apple Music, whatever it's called. Rate and review because once you do that, when people start doing searches, it comes higher in the rankings so people can find us easier. So you can do that. Do me a favor. Leave a review. Rank it. You know, be really, really kind to me. No. I want your honest opinions, but... uh, 
you don't drag me down. There's an old song, ELO, don't bring me down. People of a certain age will know that song. So anyway, love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to sharing with you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you've enjoyed this and think others would benefit from the content provided, please go on to your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you next time.